Hello and welcome to Code Sprint, the podcast where I talk about tech things that I think is cool and hopefully that you think are cool as well. Uh, so this is the first episode and if you're listening right now, thank you. Uh, you definitely didn't have to spend time during your day listening to this, but you are and I find that really awesome and actually really appreciate that. So thank you for giving it a listen. I hope you like what you hear. Uh, what are you going to hear? So this is a podcast about uh, just cool technology that I think is cool. Uh, Like uh, I'll probably be talking a lot about Linux and cybersecurity and uh, Android and stuff like that. Uh, But it's obviously not limited to that. It's just any like tech stuff that I think is cool. Like if I read like the tech news and think, wow, that's really cool. Uh, I will probably record it in my podcast if it's cool enough. Uh, so yeah, I'll be talking about a lot of tech stuff that I think is cool and hopefully you think is cool as well. Uh, so a little bit about me before I get into the actual exciting stuff. Uh, my name is Garrett Brown. Uh, I'm a computer science student at Kansas State University and... Uh, I like tech and have always liked the idea of podcasts and YouTube. Uh, I actually have a YouTube channel and a library channel and a Peertube channel uh, that I created almost a year ago thinking, oh yeah, this will be a fun little project. I can just make videos. And then I never got time because, you know, I'm a student and involved in activities and such. Uh, But... Uh, that's why I decided to do this because it's a lot easier to record podcasts than videos like videos you have to set things up and uh, and kind of think about like okay what am I gonna record and make a video of like am I gonna record something on my screen am I just gonna sit there talking am I gonna have like other video shots that of like something that I'll add in there Uh, but with podcasts you don't really have to do all of that like you can record just about anywhere you can like have a private place to record like i'm recording in my bedroom i'll probably record some stuff in my car at some point driving to classes or driving uh back home which is two and a half hours away uh for a weekend uh so yeah it's a lot easier and uh so i'm gonna try this and hopefully i'll uh stick with it uh more than i did the youtube channel Uh, But anyway, let's get into some of the exciting stuff I'll probably be talking about. Uh, Kind of a roadmap for what I thought about before I hit record and started doing this. Uh, uh, First thing, uh, a conversation about Linux and being used by just normal users. Uh, It was something I saw someone post on Fostodon, which is... uh, mastodon instance for people who like free and open source software and just software in general uh i'll probably be talking about uh windows 11 that's coming out literally tomorrow uh or at least as of the time i'm recording this I, i might post it afterwards but uh just my thoughts on windows 11 and i had another thing that i can't remember so there will probably be something else that I can't remember, but we'll add on. And if it there's not, then I obviously didn't remember it, and I'll talk about it another time. So anyway, let's get started with the first topic. So my first topic is uh, something I actually found on Fostodon, uh, which is a pretty cool place if you love free and open source software, just software in general, uh, fostodon.org. Uh, it's kind of like twitter uh it's based on mastodon which is like a decentralized twitter uh and it's it's pretty cool it's a pretty cool place with some pretty cool people if you want to check that out but uh this was a post by someone on fostodon that i just saw in my feed that actually one of the admins uh boosted which is mastodon's version of retweeting uh and Uh, It says, do you think Linux can ever become a mainstream workstation OS? Yeah, yeah, I know you're all devs and dorks using i3, window manager, and whatnot. But I mean, like, for regular people that cannot tell bash from bush. I mean, a workstation that can compete with you-know-who 
uh, obviously Microsoft and Mac OS and such, uh, and get into two-digit market share percentages rather than just sitting at the very edge of the, oh, I don't know how to pronounce that, uh, G-A-U-S-S, gauze, I want to say that's how you pronounce it, I probably butchered that, uh, the gauze bell. Uh, and then it's a poll with just, sure it can, nope, who cares, or what. Uh, as its options. Uh, and I thought this was a pretty interesting topic of discussion, and so did a lot of people who replied in uh, the comments of that post. Uh, and I always love talking about that because it's fun to have a conversation with uh, Linux enthusiasts about Linux things. Uh, but I just wanted to talk about my opinion on that. Uh, and I think the answer to that question, uh, in my personal opinion, uh, I don't want to like say anyone's opinion is wrong because they could be right, I could be wrong, neither of us could be right, it is just an opinion and not a fact. So, uh, But I personally think it has a chance to become a little more mainstream. And I say a little more, like I don't think it could get to Windows numbers unless something like is royally screwed up on windows like if windows does something where everyone's like this is horrible uh forget windows i'm moving to something else uh and then linux could potentially be something to fill that void uh but uh let's obviously not assume that's going to happen because even though uh with windows 11 they've been doing some stupid things with hardware support and all that uh it's still probably going to be around for quite a while so uh in the market today i don't think it'll be as big as uh windows obviously but i think it has the chance to gain a bit of market share uh and i think the way that happens is if they start if companies start selling computers uh, at places where the average person buys computers with a friendly distribution of Linux, like a user-friendly distribution. And by user-friendly, I mean something that just works without even have to thinking about it or without even having to tinker. Uh, so, like, Pop! OS is a really good one. That, is, that one has blown my mind because, like, almost every other distro I've used... There has always been something wrong with it where I've had to dig around, and uh, I there are a few like Zorin OS I've never had a problem with uh, unless I've like really tinkered around with something. Uh, the latest version of Ubuntu, the twenty one point ten, I tried that and didn't really have any problems. But Pop OS has just been such a seamless experience that I've always found myself coming back to that. Uh, it it just works. And it's super user-friendly, and I absolutely love it. And I think a lot of other people would absolutely love it as well. But I think if uh, computer manufacturers were to create Linux computers that had something like Pop! OS or Zorin OS that's super user-friendly and works really well, uh, then I think they'd definitely uh, get a much better market share. And the reason why is there are so many people who don't know or care uh, what operating system they're running. Uh, for example, I've heard a lot of people talk about, uh, talk about like, oh, uh, I snuck Linux onto my parents' computer and they had no idea. They just kept using it and it was fine. They never even thought about it. Or like even one of my friends, uh, uh, one of my friends, uh, he has a MacBook, and then he also got, like, a Lenovo computer once because it was, like, a decent price, and he wanted something uh, just as, like, a separate Windows machine and other than just his MacBook. And uh, he was showing it to one of my friends and talk about talking about how it ran Windows instead of, like, Mac OS. And uh, she was like, "What? what's the difference? Uh well, she is, was a Mac user. She, whoop! Phone slipped. Sorry about that. Uh, 
but uh she's a mac user and i'm assuming she's used primarily mac but like that's something i thought about and thought was weird like oh yeah not a lot of people really think about the differences between os's and not a lot of people entirely care they just want a computer that works really well and so i think if uh, say a company like Lenovo or Samsung were to offer it not for an enterprise thing because I know like uh, Lenovo and I believe Dell have done that like developer editions or stuff for enterprise but like if they let's say they did like a Chromebook but Linux and I don't mean like Chromebook hardware uh, but with Linux on it I mean like uh, how they have like their Windows computers and then they also advertise like oh yeah we have Chromebooks too they could do that with Linux where it's like, oh yeah, we have uh, Windows computers, but we also have Pop! OS computers or some other version of Ubuntu Linux or Fedora Linux or whatever you, you want to have installed on there or they want to have installed on there. But uh, if they just offer it as another option and offer like, oh yeah, this is... Uh, a little more secure because it's open source uh it's user friendly it's faster because it's not quite as heavy on the resources if they just like tout that it's like oh a little more secure and faster uh then i could see people buying it the same way people buy chromebooks and i think that market would really love linux laptops the chromebook market especially because like those people, and even a lot of people who use Windows, only really use the web browser or, like, a word processor or something. Whether it's, uh, like, Microsoft Word or something else or, heck, Google Drive, like the Google Docs and stuff. That's even just in the web browser. But it's, like, the people who could do without some sort of specialized software that isn't available on Linux uh and really just need a browser and a word processor and some very basic software that like any computer can run would definitely be able to use linux for sure uh like for example if i were to uh tell my grandparents like hey i'm gonna replace windows with linux because uh, it has these benefits and they were like okay i could see them like maybe having a learning curve a bit unless I installed something like KDE or if it was Zorin OS, which looks a lot more like Windows. Uh, there might be a learning curve, but there might not, depending on the distro and the desktop environment. Uh, but other than that, I feel like they'd be able to just kind of pick it up and use it the same way they usually do... Uh, a Windows laptop. Same with my sisters. Uh, they don't have any special software they need for their major. Uh, they essentially just use the web for like homework as well as like uh, office stuff like Google Drive and all that. Uh, and so I could see like if they were, I were to convince them like, hey, install Linux, and they were like, okay. Uh, which they don't strike me as the people who would really care enough to go through the hassle. But uh, if that were to happen, I could see them surviving on Linux like really well. Uh, my mom, however, probably not uh, because uh, she does photography and uses Photoshop, which is not something you can obviously use on Linux. And she'd have to reuse using like relearn using something like GIMP or uh some other photo editing software or like my brother uh he needs specific software for uh being a music major which a lot of that can run on his ipad but also like if he needs something on the computer and it isn't available on linux then that's kind of like uh and i obviously i don't say i can't use linux but i've had to have like windows partitions in the past for software like visual studio for classes because uh kansas state uh as my friend put it is a very like their computer science department is a very windows central thing as far as like software running on stuff uh although luckily this has only happened one time uh with one class but it could happen more in the future but uh Either way, 
Uh, if, if someone needs a specialized software that isn't available on Linux, they're obviously not going to run it on Linux. Uh, that, that's probably not for them. But like the thing is, the average person uh, who would be able to do all their work on a Chromebook, even if they were like, ah, I don't really like this, if there's someone who just uses like basic software like a word processor, an office suite, uh, and a web browser, uh, or even gaming anymore, like I think now that, uh, oh, I think I remembered what that other thing was now. Uh, now that uh, they uh, like Battle Eye and I can't remember what a, it's Easy Anti Cheat uh, are now supporting. Uh, Proton, which is Steam's compatibility layer for running Windows games, uh, that essentially makes it so most, if not all, games can run on Linux uh, through Proton or through an actual Linux client. And so uh, that actually makes it a lot more viable for gaming. Obviously not right now, since... Uh, Developers still have to opt in and enable all the stuff uh, to make it work. Uh, but I can see gamers uh, being able to like venture into Linux if they want to, or like Linux users being able to switch to Linux full time instead of needing like a separate Windows computer or Windows partition specifically for playing their favorite games. Uh, so I think for the average user, uh, I think they could definitely use a Linux computer. Uh, I don't know about market share, if it had ever soar into two digits since most people have heard of Windows and Mac, but I think if they were to, if manufacturers were to start selling actual Windows, or not Windows, sorry, um, uh, Linux laptops the same way they sell Chromebooks or Windows laptops, uh, then I think people would buy them like especially if you could just walk into best buy and have someone be like oh yeah here are your options if you're looking for a laptop you could buy a windows laptop or a chromebook or a linux laptop uh and give you the options and then people could buy linux laptops uh and so yeah i think uh that's that's definitely my opinion. Uh, other people have chimed in and mentioned the whole app thing, which, yeah, if you need a specific app and you're not sure if it's on Linux, don't switch over to Linux. Uh, unless you want to, like, do the research and are like, okay, this software is on Linux, it works, I can switch over to Linux. Uh, if you are interested in doing so. Uh, but, yeah, you can really just do that uh if you didn't have any specialized software you needed the average person could easily pick up a linux laptop and just use it and not care as long as it works so now moving on to my next topic uh it's gonna go a bit out of order because i did just remember obviously in the last topic another thing i was gonna talk about and it's somewhat related to what i just talked about uh Easy Anti-Cheat and uh, BattleEye both announced that their Anti-Cheat would become compatible with Wine and Proton. Now, if you're obviously not uh, in the Linux gaming scene, uh, you might be thinking, what, what does that mean? Well, that means uh, that Linux gamers can actually start playing games like uh, Destiny 2 or uh, I want to say... Uh, I blanked on what other games have those things. But essentially any game that uses Easy Anti-Cheat or BattleEye Anti-Cheat uh, can now play those games through Proton, which is a compatibility layer made by Steam that allows you to run uh, Windows games on Mac and Linux. So that actually benefits Mac users as well. Uh, so, for example, I mentioned Destiny 2. Uh, I have a friend of mine in the marching band trombone section uh, who likes to play Destiny. And we've played Destiny, like, once with each other, but uh, it's obviously a fun thing. And Destiny is a fun game, but I can't run it on Linux uh, 
which right now I don't have to because I switched to Windows 11, uh, which I'll talk about more in a bit. Uh, but if I wanted to go full Linux again, which knowing me, there's a decent chance that that'll happen because uh, I love my Linux. Uh, but with that, I couldn't play Destiny normally, so like I'd have to have a Windows installation. But uh, once... I think Bungie is the game studio that makes it. I'm blanking on that because that's not something I think about a lot. Uh, but once they enable uh, Easy Anti-Cheat to work on Proton, that means uh, any Linux or Mac user who wanted to play Destiny on their Mac or Linux computer could do that because... Uh, right now it's a thing where the software will, in will install but BattleEye won't work and it's the same for any easy anti-cheat game uh, it won't work and so you can't actually play the game even if uh, the game obviously would work otherwise and so uh, the, the reason that would happen is because it uh, Proton tries to emulate well Proton and Wine I don't want to leave Wine out of it because that's a huge part of things uh but proton and wine just are an open source implementation of the frameworks if i'm not mistaken uh but it's essentially a framework that tries to emulate windows obviously without or not emulate it's not an emulator uh that's the wrong word but it tries to essentially uh be an open source version of the windows frameworks needed to get stuff like that running and so you can run windows programs on uh on linux or mac uh, i think wine is available for mac proton definitely is available for mac but uh the problem is since it's an open source implementation uh it obviously can't be the same as uh, the Windows frameworks because that's all proprietary and if they were to use the same code and every single bit of the same stuff then that would be uh, not good that'd be a legal no-no uh, but uh, that will cause problems for some programs that are looking for like very Windows specific stuff and in the case of anti-cheat it's a thing where uh, it'll see that the files it needs for all the stuff uh, are different, which will essentially trigger the idea of, oh, well, this is different. So they obviously uh, modified some files so they can try and do some cheating in multiplayer games. And so it won't work and it'll be like, haha, nope, you're trying to cheat. You can't play this game. Uh and that obviously caused problems because people weren't trying to cheat. They were just trying to play their favorite game through a compatibility layer on Linux. And so uh, the fact that they are now uh, teaming up with uh, Steam to enable uh, Proton and Wine compatibility for BattleEye and Easy Anti-Cheat is a really good thing because that means uh, now... It'll see uh, all the frameworks and stuff uh, that Wine and Proton use, and it'll be like, oh, okay, these are fine, and that, but still be able to tell if someone is trying to modify those files to cheat, uh, or however that works. I've never cheated in a video game uh, or tried to do any of that, so I just know you, like, tinker around and hack the game, modify some files, but either way... Uh, It'll be able to see the Wine and Proton compatibility layers as normal. And then if someone is trying to cheat, it'll say, Haha, nope, you can't cheat. Uh, but yeah, that's that's really good news in my opinion. And I think is a very good step in the right direction for things like uh, the Steam Deck, which uh, is obviously the reason why this all happened since it's running steam os 3 uh which is i believe based on arch linux which is kind of cool uh but yeah uh that's some good news for linux gamers uh if you're 
on Windows and just wanting to switch to Linux, but you have that one game that you just can't give up uh, that you want to play, now you most likely can if it has Easy Anti-Cheat or BattleEye, which, again, it might be a while because it is a thing where the developers have to go into the game and update their stuff and opt in to allow uh, Proton compatibility which I don't see why that would be an issue. I don't see like why a developer wouldn't think, oh yeah, that'll that'd get my game to more users uh, on more platforms. All I have to do is opt into this thing, uh, which obviously there's a little more to it. Uh, but in the long run, they don't. They get more. Uh, they get more platforms that their game will work on without having to actually maintain a game on that platform uh so like they don't have to manage a separate mac os version or a separate linux version they can just say oh yeah we'll manage this window version and then we'll also do the stuff with proton and wine so it can run on mac and linux so i don't see why any developer would say no to that uh, I hope no developer says no to that because that would be bad. That would kind of suck. Like if you're the developer of your favorite game with these anti-cheats was like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, when it's really not a bad idea, that that would kind of suck. And if a developer ever does that for your favorite game, I am so sorry. That's not great but I don't see why a lot of developers would have an issue with that. So yeah, definitely a win for Linux and Mac gamers who want to play their Windows games, but really can't because of those anti-cheats. So my final topic for today is Windows 11. And uh, as you know, I'm kind of a Linux user, but I've been using Windows 11, which some of you uh, might be wondering why. You say you're a Linux user and you love Linux, but you're using Windows. Uh, first off, I can use whatever operating system I want, so if you want to judge me for that, then whatever, but it's not going to change anything. Uh, but I do, while I do prefer Linux uh, overall, just because I like how Linux is, Windows has always held kind of a special place in my heart. Uh, it was the operating system I grew up on. Like, uh, I even remember, I kid you not, when I was like two or three, my parents had this HP computer that was kind of like a clone of the original iMac uh, that had like the big tube screen and uh, uh, the translucent plastic. It was like blue and gray. Uh, and it was really cool looking. And I remember it ran like one of the pre-XP versions of Windows, uh, like between 95 and Windows ME or Windows 2000 or whatever. Uh, because I remember that old style of like the toolbar at the bottom or taskbar, I guess. And then the window title bar up there being like the blue and gray with uh if you've ever seen that obviously you know what i'm talking about but i remember that uh distinctly and i don't know how because you know i was three but uh i remember that and uh over the years i used windows xp i used windows 7 uh like on our family computers and stuff uh whenever i borrow my mom's computer it had windows 8 on it so i used that some or like on my friend's computer when we'd be over at his house playing minecraft uh, and then when I had my own laptop, which was essentially literally just like a, uh, Chromebook with windows, it was an HP stream, uh, but it, it wasn't great, but it ran windows. Uh, but I would, but I remember when, uh, windows 10 first came out on the insider previews and I was like, this is super cool. I absolutely love this. Uh, and, uh, I ran it and then when it came out, I installed it on my computer and it's like, cool. And this was all kind of before, uh, I got big into using Linux. Uh, I think it was around my junior year of high school. I officially started 
using Linux as my full-time operating system. So it's been, wow, almost four years. <laughs> I'm a junior in college now, so that's, that's crazy. Uh, but I remember I started on my Raspberry Pi and it was cool. Uh, but either way, I used up until my junior year of high school uh, and then a few times along the way where I just reinstalled Windows, I primarily used Windows. Uh, and while I prefer Linux today, uh, I just hate I still kind of like Windows, but I hated Windows 10 because it was just very in your face. Like there'd always be pop-ups like, hey, you need to update. Uh, and then you're like, oh, no, not now. It's like, oh, okay, now. Uh, or like, hey, I see you're using not Microsoft Edge. You know what you should do? You should use Microsoft Edge because Edge is here in the browser. Uh, and it was, and Cortana, Cortana was so annoying. Like I remember the first time I was fixing a computer and did a fresh install of Windows 10. It was like two in the morning uh, over spring break, my senior year of high school. It was two in the morning and I was fixing an old laptop that uh, my mom wasn't using anymore. And so I made a Windows installer and installed Windows on it and was waiting for it to go through the setup. And I was in my quiet, like half dark room. There was just a lamp on. Then all of a sudden I hear, hey there, I'm Cortana. And it scared the living daylights out of me. Because like when you're not when you're like in a room alone and there's just a lamp on and no noises and all of a sudden you hear a voice talking, that's not a, a thing you want to hear. Uh, but it always annoyed me, like, installing Windows on stuff, whether it be a virtual machine or my own computer or someone else's, like, old broken computer, and then having to hear Cortana just like, hey there, I'm Cortana, when she really wasn't necessary. Uh, or, like, the little notification saying, hey, I'm, I'm here to help, uh, ask me questions, and you really don't want to ask her questions. Uh, it That was just annoying, but... It seemed very in your face. It uh, uh, operating systems, I feel, should kind of disappear into the background. I've heard various people say like uh, they care less about what operating system they're using because all what's more important is the program being used. Uh, and so, like, if you don't have to do a lot of tinkering around with your OS, uh, which has actually caused some Linux users to just start using windows again except for like computers where they're tinkering around or like on a server or something uh but for their main computer to just switch back to windows or switch to mac because those just work uh and i i will admit that that is true these operating systems just work and with the exception of pop os i'd say linux sometimes just doesn't unless you're like willing to just jump in and tinker around until you can somehow find a fix for something uh, but operating systems should just work and go into the background where you don't think about it. You just think of the content that you're consuming, whether it's something on the web or, uh, typing in a word document or editing a video or coding or what have you. You don't want the operating system popping in like, Hey, you need to update your computer now. Or like, Oh, yes, I see you're trying to go to a website not on Edge. Uh, and it, it just did a horrible job of being what an operating system should be and just kind of, like, doing its job and not being super intrusive. And I think Windows 11 does that. Wow, this is almost, like, seven minutes long. I hope I really didn't ramble on there, but... Uh, or too bad. But, uh... Windows 11 really is a lot better. It's a lot cleaner. It's a lot less in your face. The only times I've noticed updates are in the taskbar where it says that little update icon, like, hey, there's an update. And then it'll still do the thing where if you like turn it off and restart it, then it'll update on its own. But they've been a lot quicker, I've noticed. And granted, I haven't used it extensively, and I'm hoping to now that it's out of beta, essentially. Uh, I'm still running technically an insider preview, but uh, this version is, while it's pre-release, is the final version. Uh, so 
I'm hoping I get to use that a bit more and just see if it actually stays that way. Uh, whether it's just this update or future updates that maybe add some of the bad stuff back, which I hope doesn't happen. Uh, but so far, it hasn't been intrusive. It's worked a lot better. It's been a lot smoother experience. Uh, it has it gives you the information you probably want to see in a more streamlined version. Like, uh, I personally didn't like those live tile things on uh, Windows 10. I liked the idea for phones, which is why I'm bummed out that uh, Windows Phone died. Because uh, that was a cool concept, and if I could get that exactly on my phone, that'd be cool. That'd be very cool. They did widgets better than uh, they did widgets better in live tiles than any other operating system on a phone ever has. Uh, but I didn't like it as much on my computer because you'd open the start menu and it's just like, oh, I want to see my apps, not what's happening in the news or the weather or what have you. Uh, and they kind of have a similar thing in Windows 10 or Windows 11, sorry. Uh, in that little thing, they have this button where uh, if you click it, what do they call it? The widgets tab that is essentially almost like the live tiles just in their own thing. And it'll give you weather and stocks uh, and sports things, which you can customize all of these, and then like a bunch of news stuff. And this is all customizable, which is uh, actually really great. I just haven't customized it yet. But if you don't want to see any of that, you never have to even touch that button, and you can just get rid of it out of the taskbar. But uh, the start menu is just apps, and it'll show like the pinned apps and stuff that it has pre pinned but you can go through and pin whatever apps you want on there. And then it shows recommended. Uh, but then there's a button where it's just all apps and it shows you all the apps. Uh, I think this is a lot better than the live tiles because it's, it still may have like recommendations you don't want or like pinned apps where you have to go through and pin the ones you want instead of like shortcuts that'll install like Facebook messenger or, uh just apps you really don't want on there uh but it's still a lot better than just having all that information like hey look at me look at me look at me when all you want to do is launch an app uh so i like that in my opinion uh <clears throat> i like the workspace thing because there are a lot of times i have a horrible tendency to like just do stuff i probably shouldn't be doing in the middle of class or when i'm doing homework so i have a separate uh, workspace just for like uh, my fun coding projects or like for tinkering around with like uh, Windows subsystem for Linux which I'll get to in a sec uh, or like social media stuff and then I'll have a workspace where all it'll show is like uh, my school outlook email and my uh, uh, canvas which is like uh, thing you use for like turning in assignments and stuff online uh, but I really like that I like how it isolates all that so you can kind of try to stay focused on what you're doing uh, when you need to and then you can just go back to the other stuff when you don't need to focus on something uh, I do like the tile thing uh, I, instead of like having to drag stuff to the side or to the top or whatever, you can just hover over the maximize button and it'll show a pop-up with like whether you want to do a split screen to wherever you want that thing to go. And it's a lot easier to set up this like really great tiled experience. Uh, it's not auto-tiling, so if you like that stuff, whether it's in like pop shell on pop os or i3 window manager if if you're a linux user uh then you won't get that but this is this is a step in the right direction uh i don't think they'll ever do a thing like pop shell or obviously not as far as i3 or any uh, timing window manager but i think this is a good kind of middle ground you could say uh for all that stuff um what else is there to talk about? Again, I haven't spent a whole lot of extensive time with this because I've always switched back to Linux because there were bugs since it was 
the preview or I just miss Linux and on an impulse, like back up all my data and do a fresh install. But uh, yeah, the taskbar, I actually do kind of like the centered thing. In this preview release, there's something screwy going with it where the centered isn't entirely centered. It's like in the general center. Oh, hold on. Did they fix it? Okay, it's fixed now. I That was like right after I installed and it was still installing drivers and updates and stuff, but now it's better. I actually do like that because I've dealt with the dock so much that I'm used to having things in the middle, but I like that you can also switch it to the left if you want that more traditional Windows look, uh, but I personally like it where it is. Um... <clears throat> The chat thing, where it's like uh, Microsoft Teams, if you're a Teams user, I could see that being really useful, but I don't use Teams, so I turned that off. Uh, yeah, that's really all I can think of. Uh, one interesting thing uh, me and various other people have found out uh, or commented on is the fact that uh, the lock screen looks exactly like a combination of the lock screen on GNOME or KDE or like a mix of both, uh, and which I thought was kind of hilarious, but I also like, cause I liked those lock screens a lot more than Windows 10s. Uh, but yeah, I'll probably do a much more in-depth thing about like what I've found once I use it a bit more, uh, but Overall, uh, from the times I've used it in the past and the time I've been using it now since I installed it, it's a lot better than Windows 10. Uh, oh, the other thing, Windows Subsystem for Linux finally has GUI app support. So you can install the Windows Subsystem for Linux, which for those who aren't familiar what that is, uh, is essentially a system where you can run essentially a Linux terminal, uh, almost as a virtual machine in Windows, but it's like slightly better than a virtual machine and it is kind of well integrated into stuff. Uh, I'm probably, there's probably better ways to say all that, but uh, it's essentially an easy way for you to use your Linux tools uh, in Windows. Uh, so like if you were to go to PowerShell and type WSL, uh, dash dash install it would install all the stuff you need uh, and enable all the stuff you need for the Windows subsystem for Linux and then install I believe Ubuntu as a default but they also have like Kali Linux and Debian and OpenSUSE and stuff like that uh, which is awesome because then you can run your favorite Linux stuff but before you could only run command line programs and even in the earlier days, it wasn't actually Linux. It was just some weird translation layer that would translate it back into stuff Windows could understand. Uh, but uh, with this, it has the full Linux kernel now, and it's, like, actually updated because I think before it was just, uh, like, four-point-something Microsoft version. And now it's still a Microsoft-maintained version, obviously, because WSL is different enough. They probably have to have their own special kernel. Uh, but it's much more up-to-date. I think it's like 5.11. I haven't installed it on this yet, so I can't really check, but uh, they finally added GUI support. So if you have an app uh, in my testing, I've gotten everything except flat packs and snaps to work. Uh, but if you want to use just a normal uh, Linux app that has a GUI interface... You can do that uh, just by installing it, and then there will be a folder in the All Apps section for, like, whatever distro it is, and then it'll say the program with uh, the distro name in parentheses next to it, and it'll have a little Linux, the Tux Penguin, in the corner to let you know, oh, this is a Linux app. And so you can just run Linux apps on this th on windows the same way you'd run a windows app on windows uh well a little different obviously but as far as a gui interface to actually interact with you can do that and even uh i'll probably make even a video about this 
Uh, you can even, uh, with some uh, RDP magic, uh, remote desktop protocol, you can actually get a desktop up and running where you can set it up so it runs. Uh, and then when you log in through the remote desktop protocol, sorry, uh, the remote desktop protocol client uh, on Windows, you can just uh, type in localhost and then whatever port uh, it's running on, and then it'll, uh, and then you'll see your desktop. And it won't be the smoothest experience, but it's not horrible by any means. Like, it's not unusable, it's just a little on the slower side. But if you can deal with that, it's still perfectly usable. Uh, so that's kind of a cool thing, and I might make a video of that because it's cool. And there are a lot of guides online if you want to do that. So you can you can even do this on Windows 10, not just Windows 11. Uh, but uh, it, there are a lot of guides online on how to do that. So if you just Google, like, xrdp wsl2 uh, you'll find a lot of guides but anyway windows 11 specific uh, linux gui apps are supported so you could run like epiphany browser or i guess gnome web whatever you want to call it uh or the linux version of some app that you use or an app that's only available on linux uh with a full gui interface just within windows and that's really cool because if you're a Linux user and you still want to use Windows or you have to use Windows, that's a good way to still be able to use Linux, kind of. Even if it's still just like through Windows, it's, you still get to use Linux, and that's cool. Uh, and I really like that. So overall, Windows 11 is a great experience. Uh, I'd recommend giving it a try and... A virtual machine or if you run windows on your computer updating if you can uh like i think i mentioned before they've had this whole stupid thing with uh they had this whole stupid thing with the hardware specifically with cpu requirements where they're like oh yeah only eighth gen intel processors and up as well as like what ever whatever the amd equivalent is uh, can run Windows 11, but m with the exception of a couple 7th gen, 7th gen and below can't really run it. Uh, and then uh, there's a thing where, and then they released a thing where it's like, oh yeah, you can still do like an install from a USB stick and run it on uh, older hardware. Uh, it just won't be entirely uh, officially supported. It's like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then they're like, oh yeah. By the way, you also won't get any updates whatsoever if you do that. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat's getting a bit dry. I haven't talked this long in a while. Uh, but uh, that's that's uh, that's definitely a problem for people who have older hardware. Like, I know my mom's computer probably might not be able to run Windows 11 because I think she has a 7th gen uh, Intel Core or something. Uh, and my roommate, I think, has like a 7th gen Core i5 or something in his gaming laptop or desktop, I mean. Uh, so it might not be able to run Windows 11. And I think that's kind of stupid. I hope they get, like, really, like, pushed into... I get that they want to do it for security because, like, of TPM and Secure Boot and all that or whatever they're pushing, but uh, I still think they should be supporting hardware that obviously is still perfectly fine uh, i could see like really really old computers that are just hanging on by a thread but like computers that are still like decently new and working fine they should still be able to run windows 11 and it's ridiculous that they can't uh and that's the one thing i hate about windows 11 but if they fix that then no complaints from me so far so if you can run Windows 11, I'd recommend Windows 11 so far. I'll obviously do a follow-up soon, but uh, if you can't run Windows 11, then I'm very sorry. Uh, you can still run Windows 10, or you can switch over to Linux, or if you're in the market for a new laptop, a Mac if you want to. And I'm not here to tell you what to do with your computer. Uh, 
but I, those are kind of the options uh, are stay with Windows 10 or switch to something else unless they end up uh, changing their requirements. But yeah, uh, but yeah, overall Windows 11 as an operating system, if we look past all the hardware stuff and compatibility, is a pretty great operating system and I really like it and I'm excited to get to use it more. So I just talked for a really long time. Uh, my throat is starting to get dry and I have a test soon I need to uh, do a little bit more studying for. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, yeah, that's the first episode. I hope it wasn't boring and I didn't ramble on a lot uh, since I did talk so much. I feel like especially the Windows 11 thing maybe got a little rambly, but uh, <laughs> I hope it was at least somewhat interesting. Uh, this is kind of what I'm thinking the podcast might be like but a little more streamlined in the future just where I kind of sit down and talk about stuff I like with tech uh hopefully don't ramble on too much uh and I'll try to record uh fairly regularly uh, I'm obviously still a student and have like marching band and other activities I'm in so uh there might be like gaps between episodes but uh I'm thinking maybe every other Monday I can record this. So, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, I can just uh, keep doing this and I stick with it, unlike my YouTube channels, which I'm hoping to also kind of start uh, doing a little more stuff with. But uh, if you like this podcast, you can follow it. Uh, it'll obviously be on Spotify because I'm doing this through Anchor and I believe on other podcast platforms. Uh, so if you like what you heard, uh, or even if you didn't like it, but want to listen in case it gets a bit more streamlined, which I promise it will, uh, then, uh, you can subscribe to the podcast, uh, on whatever platform you listen to. Uh, if you think of someone who you think would find this interesting, share it with them. Uh, but yeah, that's about all I got. Uh, thank you for listening, and I will see you guys in the next one.